Okay, James 1, chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 4 is what we're on. Greetings uh, is the first part of this lesson, and then introduction to the testing of your faith. Um, so here's the verses. I'll read them uh, quickly. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I highlighted verse 1 there, <laughs> because I'm not going to cover too much of it. Um, Bob did such a wonderful job last week of introducing the book. And um, so, and F.W. Grant, among a couple other guys, said that, you know, James is all uh, exhortation, all, all doctrine. And he starts, you know, uh, like, 12 words in here with considered all joy and it's um, applicate. We need to look at this application and um, those three verses that are really important uh, to set it up for next week too. So I'm just kind of going to gloss over verse one. You know, we learn that James, uh, the half brother of the Lord Jesus Christ wrote the book probably early in the maybe uh, 40, uh, early 40s or mid 40s. And um, these 12 tribes of Israel, the Jews, of course, the, they were in Jerusalem and many of them became believers. And I think they still identified with their, their tribe. Now they're in Christ, but they still identified with their heritage and the Romans kicked them out. And I've been reading a lot about all what's happened to the Jews all throughout history, even before this. They've always been dispersed, always been scattered, and always been... Uh, I thought that the, the uh, Holocaust was the you know worst thing that happened to them. But in fact... There are so many smaller holocausts that occurred to the Jews over history that it adds up. It's just incredible. Um, I was reading an article about that. So they're dispersed, and James just goes right in to addressing these these Jewish believers um, about the trials they're having in in these foreign lands and things like that, and among their persecution. But what we're going to do today is kind of bring it forward to uh, to modern times with us. And we're going to um, do a lot of application of these verses uh, for us in the here and now, if that's okay. Uh, because we have trials too, not as much as those, uh, those Jews had. But nonetheless, here we go. Um, so he says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Um, I, the first thought I had is it's an oxymoronic statement. It's how can trials bring you, uh, bring us joy, right? That's a, that's a, those two things don't match. Um, the word consider is 
hegemon, uh, to think of it this way, think of these, um, when you encounter various trials, that it should bring you joy. Think of it joy, or deem it to be joy when you encounter various trials. Interesting that he, it can, I thought it would be logizomai, um, which is reckoned to be true, but it is not. It's a, it's a different word. It's not uh, logizomai, it's uh, hegemai. H-E-G-E-O-M-A-I. Maybe a softer word of um, consider here. So consider it all joy. Joy is the mindset that we are commanded to have. And the word there is C-H-A-R-A, kara. It means an occasion for gladness, well-being. Uh, the same use happens in Matthew 25, 21, where Christ says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Um, so what's, anyone recognize what that Carl word is related to? Grace. <clears throat> Grace. Right, right, good. Um, it's a close covet cousin of Karis. Grace. And if you listen to those Macaulay, uh, those four series of Macaulay's uh, uh, sessions on grace, you know, he really, in that first session, session one on grace, he really outlines it really well and clear. So grace is something that affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, grace of speech. You know, Macaulay does a really good job of laying that out. When people were following Christ, they were amazed at his, his, his charis, his, his, he was charismatic, not like a charismatic figure of today, but his, his words were so uh, loaded with sweetness and, and, and beauty that people would follow him. So that's what that means. So joy is closely related to that, and that's what we're to have. In when we encounter various trials. The word encounter is peripito. Um, it's a subjunctive mood, um, so you may or may not encounter various trials. Um, it's the same word that describes the, um, the man who, who got overtaken by robbers on the way to Jericho, and then he got over, uh, Surrounded and then beat up by robbers. Um, and then the good Samaritan took him in, right? Same word, peripetito. It means to fall into and be encompassed. Um, various, various trials. Various is poikilos. And Strong's has that as all sorts and all colors of trials. Poikilos. So trials is perosmos. That's that. There's two words for trials. Uh, that word for trials in verse two is perosmos. So when you encounter all shapes and sizes of perosmos events coming at you at every given time, and I I thought of baseball pitches, curveballs, you'll encounter sliders, fastballs, changeups, knuckleballs, and aren't trials 
they're ubiquitous, uh, uh, ubiquitous. Um, ubiquitous or ubiquitous, ubiquitous. Yeah, uh, they happen all the time. From the moment you get up, right, and <laughs> it just things aches and pains and yeah, and they come at you and uh, yeah. you know you didn't put away the dishes last night and you get in trouble <laughs> with your wife and so these are trials. Um, yeah, stuff happens. Yes, okay. yes, that's right. That's right. That that word parashmas, does that mean with a view towards failure? Yes. Yeah, good. Good. Uh good Mike, you're you're in my head, head there. <laughs> but we'll look at that. Parasmas. So the the two words together are porculos parasmas. <laughs> and I said it sounds fun, but it's not. <laughs> and I just that's uh I thought of Vern when I Wrote that. Burn would kind of like that. So here, here it is. Uh, Mike was getting this, but here's parasmas. There's a bad sense and a good sense. The bad sense, and there's three types of bad sense parasmas trials. It's an internal or external temptation to sin, which is what we know. That's what we think of parasmas trials. Um, or B, it's Adversity, general affliction or trouble. Um, and then Weist uh, has uh, this third kind of parasmas trial, a test with the hope that one put, the, a test with the hope that the one put to the test breaks down under the test, fulfills the test. Right. So just as Mike said there. So, um. It's not a friendly test. Right, yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I guess it doesn't have to be too bad. It's just they're looking for it to fail. Um, so that's parasmas. In a good sense, then. Uh, and I didn't know this fully until I studied this and read uh, the Weist paper on these two trials. But there's a good sense to parasmas, and that is to try or test intentionally with the purpose of discovering what is good or evil or what, if there's power or weakness in a person or thing, is what we says. And that's how it's used back in the ancient Greek. And Jesus Christ used it himself. He gave a parasmas trial to, um, uh, well, we'll look at this in a minute, in, to Philip. We'll look at I that. I have the questions. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess it's not a question. It's... Um I go back to the word joy, and um, to me, uh, it means the testing that our faith means we are going out and we're presenting the world word to the world. We have a close relationship with Christ. This this joy is. Through this testing, we become closer to God. Mm-hmm. We um, we're more mature. Yeah, these are things that we want to do. We want to please God. So, I think that's why you can say it's a joy because you know the result is going to be good. Yeah. 
Excellent point. Excellent point. But keep that point in mind until like the uh, tenth slide or so, and then I think <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an excellent point. So see if this agrees with what you just said here in a bit. Um, so Pirazzo, uh, the Pirazzo trial can be in a good sense. So God never sends that bad sense. He never sends an, uh, temptation to sin. He never invites you to sin. Um, but what he can do is let adversity, you see, uh, up there in B, adversity, affliction, and trouble, he can let that come through to you. Um, and for his purposes, um, so in Luke chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, um, Jesus looked up and he saw a large crowd coming. So he turned to Philip and said, Philip, where are we to buy bread that these may eat? Um, and it says that he said this because he was testing. He was testing Philip, not with uh, a view to sin, but he was just trying to find where uh, Philip's weakness was um, because Philip looked to his human nature and looked to um, human viewpoint and said, well, we have about, you know, 50 bucks. I don't think that's enough for <laughs> all these people. Or the Piggly Wiggly was in the last town. Now it's too far away to go and buy food. So, but... Christ himself knew in advance what he was going to do, and he just wanted to uh, let Philip know that he was uh, depending on his his uh, human viewpoint there. So that was a Pirasmas trial coming from Christ himself, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, let me get my computer here working. And, okay, so knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Um, knowing is gnosko, and that's uh, knowledge that you, you come into knowledge by experience, right? Or learning, uh, as opposed to oida, which is, um, which is intuitive knowledge. Um, so the fact that a Pirazzo trial uh, should be looked at as a joyous, in a joyous mind frame is definitely not intuitive to our mind. Um, so thereby, uh, w why the word knowing there is gnosko instead of oida. Um, well, it's counter. Andrew, that's, that's something like, man, I'm jumping ahead, but that's something the Lord wants to teach us, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. This is all a teaching process. Um, knowing Knowing is growing, I guess you could say, right? Um, <laughs> as you know more about how God uses trials, you'll grow spiritually. But we'll, we'll see that too coming up. Um, it's counterintuitive. Um, and it's come through walking with the Lord and learning it moment by moment, year by year. And perhaps failing, um, at, at some point, especially maybe, um, when you don't know it yet, um, in as a young Christian, um, and then James, it's interesting. He 
if you fail uh, under these these trials, which are supposed to be um, a view towards approval, and we'll get to that, James addresses sin. You know, he goes into that uh, when you're tempted, it, it, and he goes through the sin process. He even addresses that. So he, James is very thorough with all this. It's it's very interesting. So the testing of your faith, um, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So testing in verse 3 is a dokmion, um, or dokimatso is the verb. So different word for for uh, trial or uh, testing. So you get a trial, which is prosmos, and then God uses that as a in a dokimatso sense. Um Dokimatsu is to discern, to prove, to try, to examine, with a view towards approval, um, approval under the test, and most often used of God's testing. And this is, uh, that's from Weist. Um, and this is the real purpose of the trial, that you be proved out, and that's how God is using um these Pirasmas trials that are coming at you. Um, Dakimaso is used in 1 Corinthians 3, 13 and 14, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. That is your works. Um, and the fire itself will test Dakimaso, the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built upon remains, he will receive a reward. So, that's the word uh, dakimatsu there. Andrew? Yeah. It's it's as if dakimatsu has has two actions. It's 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 a it's trying, but it's also after the trying there's approval. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. There's a trial and then I, I looked at it and I'd it's it's a little tricky, but I I looked at it. And I think this is correct. A trial comes at you. And um, these verses has your response in mind. Ver- starting with verse 3, that knowing, that gnosko word is sort of like a switch or a junction right there. So the trial comes at you. And then your response, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So there's two words for trials, but one is coming to you, and the testing or the dakimatsu is your response to the trial, is how I kind of think of it. So uh, the and the the main thing is, are you going to respond in your human nature or by divine nature? So that's I, that's what it's getting at there. But yeah, you're correct. There's tours for trials. And um, that's a good point, Jenny. Um, well, Andrew, sometimes we'll say um, with Dakimatsu, it's with a view to approval because mm-hmm. the Lord wants to approve. He wants to show that, that show you that you, his desire is that you pass the test. Right, yes. He's not trying to make you fail. He, he wants you to pass. No, he always and, wants you. And, and, yeah, and walk by faith. Yeah, right. The other one, Parasmas, which is not from God, is the one that the world, uh, the flesh, and the devil are about, and that's that wants to bring you down. 
Yes, the world, the flesh, and the devil send the the uh, invitations to sin, the solicitations to sin, um, and that's why I was thinking of it as as pitcher uh, as pitches, you know, fastballs, curveballs. So you could say that um, the starting pitcher is the world, the relief pitcher is the, the flesh. The flesh comes up and pitches. Then the closer, a really good closer, is the devil. <laughs> I, I thought of that. I don't know if it's good enough. Okay. And he's a really good re- uh, closing pitcher, better than Mariano Rivera. But I, I don't know if that analogy kind of holds up under scrutiny. Hey, Andrew. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, one of the things that's, can you hear good? I, yeah. Oh, I can hear you really well. Okay, um, the, um, the teaching that your dad gave in his series on faith here mm-hmm. was really good in that this is a, the method that God chooses to use so that when we come to believe something, you know, when we are coming to know something and, and say, yep, that's true, I believe it, then from God, there's this test for approval. Oh, you believe that? Okay, let's see if you believe it. And he doesn't want you to fail. He wants you to pass. But he puts you through that so that you, with some kind of a test in your life so that what you believe becomes fixed, permanent, yeah. good. You know, becomes part of you, who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the the trials are. I read in those notes too that they're specifically designed, right, uh, for uh-huh. each of us. Uh, right. Every he our, he designed our menu of our life's trials <laughs> exactly how they're supposed to be. Uh, and and the bottom line is we become like Christ. Yeah. Right. Right. That's yeah. Christ likeness. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Really great stuff. Um, so, oh, here's the point <laughs> Roy was making. Uh, God's documents testing are specifically designed for us. This is what I was talking about. His guiding hand and care are in each one. That's from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. And there's our word endure, right? Parapito. Um, so purpose in the trials. There's always purpose in these trials. Uh, even these parasmos trials. We're supposed to pass the, the, the parasmos trials though, right? We're not supposed to sin. We're supposed to hold up under the trial. Um, so knowing that the, Testing of your faith produces endurance. So produces that, there's the Greek word, katergatsomai, katergatsomai. Um, the, it's a compound word, kata, uh, and then agatso, agatsomai, right, Roy? I think. Um, A-G-A-Z-O, God's M-A-I. So it's compound word. It means to uh, carry out or working out or doing something or accomplishing something. Um, Paul uses it a lot in regards to the working of, of sin. Um, uh, 
I put production plant maybe is a good analogy. It's a production plant word or factory. Um, so this testing, this documents testing, uh, ha- has a goal in mind, and that's endurance. One of the things that comes to mind, if I could share it there, is that what he has begun in us, his work, mm-hmm. will reach its goal. It will it will produce what he has begun in us, producing Christ in us. Yeah, and that that's good. That and that's the word katergatsamai, right? That that produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, my dad says in one of his uh, notes here, um, God is doing the working out in order to fully form his patience or endurance, endurance in us. Passive voice, God is doing the uh, production or the working out here. Now, that word produces or katagotsmai is, um, I didn't find it, it doesn't say it's in the passive voice, it says in the present active, I think, indicative. But maybe he had some, maybe somehow in the Greek it's, it's, it's a passive voice. But it certainly is a, a passive thing. We're not doing the producing or the working or the, the doing here, are we? This is God's work in us. Um, the form is middle or passive. They're the same form. Oh, okay, right. It did say middle. It did say middle voice. You're right. So it's that, middle or passive. It could be either one. Oh, okay. That's why he said. Okay, good. Uh-huh. good. I was a little confused about that, but yeah. So uh-huh. middle or passive. Um, so and middle voice means that we have an interest in it. It kind of benefits us. It's personally benefiting to us. Yeah. Yep. Um, so endurance, the word for uh, producing endurance, this testing produces endurance is uh, hupomone. Uh, that's the noun. And the verb is, um, the verb is hupomeno. And meno means abiding. <laughs> Hupo means under. So under abiding. Under abiding is how it really is. Um, so it's to bear bravely, steadfastly, preserve, uh, persevere, I'm sorry, in the tribulation with fortitude. And I thought maybe a good analogy, I don't know if my analogies are good, is a tornado going down in a storm cellar. Uh, and, you know, you, you lift up that big that big door and you, you go down your steps and under your house and uh, you wade out of the storm, you hunker down in the storm. Hupo, hupo meno or hupo mone um, is that is that word we're supposed to endure these trials, abide under these trials. Um, so trials grow patience, not our patience, but God's patience. Um, and then patience is a fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5 and, and verse 22. Um, so he's growing his patience in us uh, as one of the uh, one of the you can't say fruits of the spirit. One of the fruit of the spirit, because they're singular, aren't they? Right. Um, so Weist has the translation for this um, in endurance or hupo mone produces a patience which bears up and doesn't lose heart or courage under trials. Um. 
And I have a note here saying that, however, this bearing up under the trial with fortitude does not come from our resources and our strength, but from what uh, resources Christ gives us. As we are fortified under the trial with his infinite love, his strength, his mercy, his power. So basically his uh, essential essence is his um, uh, uh, one of those essence um, uh, part of who and what he is, right? Um, okay, on to verse 4. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You'll notice that there's two, uh, there's two types of perfect here, um, or two goals. Um, so I tried to sum up here and from verse 3, testing of our faith in, in accomplishes or produces endurance. Um, and that is the ability to live up and bear under the trial. And then this resulting endurance that we have, abiding in Christ under the trial, results in perfectness, but not perfectness as into a flawlessness, but the word teleos is the word perfect. And that is the, the final product, which is being made, which is being produced. Um, the final product uh, being produced here is, is kind of a, a double meaning of teleos. The final product is us being perfect or Telios, it's spiritually finished out, spiritually mature in Christ, um, or, and complete, complete lacking in nothing. Complete is hokleros, there's no part unsound, um, we're, we'll be entire, we'll be whole, um, and James really, he uses, he uses teleos, he uses this hokleros, then he says he backs all that up with you'll be lacking in nothing. So it's kind of a triple, a triple way to say that these trials, uh, lead to a goal, uh, just as Roy was saying. So after this next week, verse five, in contest, um, in context, um, James gives the caveat here, um, but we'll look at this next week. And if it is the case that any of you undergoing these trials is deficient in God's wisdom in the trial, let ask God for wisdom, right? Um, so that's next week's lesson. So think of all the, the resources that God gives here. So he puts us under trial with view towards approval. And so that we grow in grace and knowledge of Christ. And then if we lack wisdom, we can ask, simply ask. So let's look at a bit of the application for these uh, uh, two verses. Actually, I should have that James 1, uh, James chapter 1, 2 through 4. I'll change that when I submit it for the website here. Um so we are to consider all rejoicing, and it's an, an imperative, it's a command. We are to do it. Um, we are to deem it as a fact that falling into variegated trials brings us joy. 
Uh, why is it joy? Well, suffering is a grace gift and a real and purposeful part of the Christian life. Uh, Philippians 1.29. We are pointed to trials and suffering um, as ambassadors for Christ. 1 Thessalonians 3.3 3 and 1 Thessalonians 2.14 and 15. So we represent our sovereign, which is, which is God. We represent our country, which is heaven. Um, suffering under trial or, or encountering these trials is an intrinsic element of our union with Christ. Um, first, as we suffer with him and we are partakers of his sufferings, it is proof that we are his children. And if we are his children, we will share in his glorification. That's Romans 8, 16 through 18. Um, we share in Christ's sufferings uh, from 1 Peter 4, 13, so that the revelation of his glory, um, that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. And there's our word to joy or rejoice again. So when he comes and when he, we see him face to face at the revelation of his glory, all these trials uh, that we've suffered with him and for him, all are there and it bring us joy at the final, at the end of it all. Um, point four, this is my, my dad's um, list here. Um, point four, God's purpose in suffering under trial is to reveal himself. And his very nature and essence to us. Um, first, God's greatest manifestation of his glory, the greatest manifestation of God's glory was at the cross and the resurrection and the power shown through that. Then two, likewise, God's greatest manifestation of his glory in us, in the believer, is shown through our identification with that cross. Um, and uh, the identification truths as we reckon ourselves dead to the sin nature and alive with Christ in his rev- resurrected life. Yeah. yeah, Andrew? Yeah. Well, we lost it about the last three or four minutes. Could you? Oh, you did? Any chance you could back up to oh. maybe point two or so? Oh, okay. Sorry. Did you, did it get here? Why is it yeah, joy? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. sorry, that'd be perfect. Start there. Why is it joy? This is a, uh, my dad's, uh, I think, five-point list. Okay. No, so good. suffering is a, great, is a grace gift and a real and purposeful part of the Christian life. Uh, Philippians 1.29. Did you catch that? No, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Go on. You're good. Okay. So that last time was the rehearsal. This is the, this is the <laughs> final <laughs> performance, I guess. <laughs> Point two is uh, we are appointed to trials and suffering as ambassadors for Christ. First Thessalonians 3, 3, 2, 14, and 15. You still with me? Yes, yes, we're still here. It's fine. Uh, Three, it is an intrinsic element of our union with Christ. So as we suffer with him, we are partakers of his sufferings, um, and it is the proof we are his children, and we will someday... Uh, sharing his glorification. Did you, when I did this, did you see the, the bullet points co- come through? Okay, we, we, we lost it right here at this point. Oh, you lost it right here. 
Okay, great. So this point four, uh, God's purpose in suffering under the trial is to reveal himself and his very nature in essence. Um, God's great, the greatest manifestation of God's, um, his glory was in the cross, um, Christ's death and resurrection on the cross. Then likewise, God's greatest manifestation of his glory in us, the believer, are you with me still? Yeah, we're still. <laughs> okay, great. It is, uh, is showing through our identification with that cross as we reckon ourselves dead to the sin nature and live with Christ in his resurrected life. Um, and not caving under these trials. And caving, I have some examples, or uh, failing a prayer trial would be pleading for deliverance, seeking solace in self, going to self-help books, <laughs> calling up a psychiatrist, um, you know, um, instead of going to his resources, which is casting our cares upon him, and as the father of mercies and the God of all comfort and, uh, hupo moaning with him, uh, uh, abiding with him under the trial. Um, you still with me? Yes, we are. Yes. Oh, good. All right. Um, Can I make a quick point? Yeah. I, um, as I mentioned to you, uh, I'm, I'm digging back into the Holly Hills archives, 2004 on trials and sufferings and, yeah, your dad uh, was given a class. I think I could hear Roger's voice in there. Um, it was awesome. And one thing that was really cool for me is in trials, he was saying, because as Christians, sometimes it's like we, we, we look to ourselves and why us? And, and like, am I being punished? And one of the things that was really cool that your dad brought out is that the trials, not only are they helping us grow, but they reveal his glory and he has a purpose, a specific pur- purpose with each trial. And he is showing this trial to the spiritual uh, kingdom, to the to angels, to principalities and powers to show Christ in us. And so when you look at God's greater purpose in a trial, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. It's very comforting to me. Right. I, I don't know if I said all that right, but that's kind of what I got out of that early. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And so I, it's tough this morning because these verses are so packed. And he did that over what a course of a year. So it's, yeah, there's, it, but it's so much good stuff. So I hope I have a little uh, scintilla of all that. So if you want the whole full, the full story on that, like Jimmy, go to those, our, the Holly Hills Bible Church archives and go to that 2004 study on trials and suffering. It's, yeah. Um, there's so much there. It's really amazing. So uh, point four under why is it joy or what is the purpose in these trials is besides relying in faith on the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies, we have a high priest and an advocate who can sympathize with our weakness, our weaknesses, as one who has been tempted, pirazzo, in all things. Christ was tempted in all things just as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. And further, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hebrews 4.16 there. 
Okay. He, he always uses this uh, term secret sauce, which I like. And you'll get this in, in these trials. So here's just a summary of um, from one of his slides from that 2004 study. Um, you know, what possible good can come from these temptations and trials from James 1, 3, and 4. Uh, his desire is for us to count it all joy. He has a purpose. He wants us to know, completely understand that purpose. God will use the temptation, uh, which is prosmos, a view towards failure, as a test, a view towards approval, a dokimos, a, a dokimos of our faith. He expects us and desires us to abide by faith in his truth. He then produces patience in us, and his patience then matures us spiritually. His patience stabilizes us and supplies all our needs in, in our temptations or our future trials and temptations. And then it all wraps up with Romans 8, 28 and 29, God working together all things for the good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, he predestined us to become conformed to the image of his son, and that's probably the ultimate purpose. And then the ultimate, ultimate purpose is for us to be glorified with him. So that's, uh, that wraps it up. But final thought here is this, uh, hymn, which really, uh, really has some nice thoughts about trials and suffering. Um, he giveth more grace. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. Um, it, it talks about his essence there. And, um, you know, it really good to him. So read through that when you get a chance. He giveth more grace. Um, so there it is. Uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this, uh, this short time in, in studying uh, your manifold wisdom and, and your provision and your purposes in trials and suffering. And we just pray that um, we'll take away this, that we may go through trials um, under your care uh, this week and throughout all of our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.